Yeah. Come on by and get on the microphone, everybody. And everybody give us some money. Give us some money, too. <laughs> We're up here at 92nd Street, West End Avenue. Come on up. We have an open mic. Come and tell us what you think about this event and whether you'd like to have something a bit more permanent like this on yes, yes. our street on West End <laughs> yes, Avenue. Yes, the crowd we, is yelling. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've been out here broad, uh, broadcasting once a week on Thursdays on West End Avenue in front of the Windermere Chateau Hotel. Imagine if we could make it a permanent home. We've been dodging the cars. Today, there's so many people on the street. We're not seeing so many cars. Though I saw one speed through here before. Oh, really? slow down! With all of this going on? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I'm beginning to think all car drivers are Trumpers, but uh, I know that's not true. I'm a car driver. I know. I'm a car driver. She's a car driver. Everyone's a car driver. I like cars. I actually have a few friends who don't have their license, so not everyone is a car driver. We are going to be speaking with some very interesting people. We'll be talking with the public design... Commission of New York City, and Jody Sperling of Time Lapse Dance, and Adrian Benepe is coming, the uh, New York City Parks Commissioner. Uh, Sarah Lynn didn't give me enough of a uh, lead-in, so I'm, <laughs> I'm totally unprepared. I'm just kind of like, oh my God, Adrian Benepe is going to be. <laughs> yeah, I think I met him once when I was the president of the New York Lawn Bowling Club. <laughs> Many... <laughs> Don't let her. He is an Upper West Sider. New York lawn bowling, and people go like, oh, that's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what is that? Is that like bocce? Yeah, it's like bocce, exactly. Once again, Barcrow Radio's portable studio is set up on West End Avenue and 92nd Street. Things are buzzing around us as our Upper West Side neighbors take over the streets for the We Walk Parking Day event, a global event. Local organizations working for various socially positive change are represented. My co-host, Alan Winson, and myself, Rebecca McCain, will be talking with the leaders of these wonderful community organizers. And we are broadcasting live on Upper West Side Radio. And so with that brief BCR intro, here we go. Walk event is part of the worldwide parking day celebration by taking over metered curbside parking space for creative experimentation, political and cultural expression, and unscripted social interaction. It is organized by the American Society of Landscape Architects. Began in 2005, now worldwide experiment in reclaiming vehicular space for as people space. I know. Well, I wrote it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't proofread it. Okay, how about this? Okay. Began in 2005, now worldwide experiment in reclaiming vehicular space for people space, for recreation and artistic expression. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's a, a grammar teacher there giving, giving, <laughs> I just, me, I read it. giving me the eye here. So um, we're going to be speaking with some of the event organizers right now, and I'm going to introduce you. We're still waiting for one to show up. So maybe as I'm introducing... She will show up. Uh, Sarah Lind uh, is here with us. She's been on Barcore Radio before when we were speaking with Gail uh, Brewer. And then when some we had a, um, what was that? The night? conspiracy theory. The conspiracy, the conspiracy theory. theory. That was, I love that one. I got a report that Tianon is, is trending. <laughs> All right. So if you want to know about Tianon, go back to an older Barcore Radio 
episode, he'll learn all about yeah, Tianan. At least he doesn't know what Tianan is. Well, you're going to have to do some, do some research. Uh, so Sarah Lynn is running for city council in next year. And uh, so far, she's doing a great job keeping this thing organized. She is also a member of Community Board 7 and Open Hearts, advocating for the homeless on the Upper West Side and a bunch of other socially positive things that she's doing. Lisa Orman is also here with us. And I, I, I read some very interesting things that oh, describing about you. That you're a, you're a, fierce, <laughs> a fierce advocate for Streetopia. Wait, are you the one that somebody called a bulldog? That was yes, Scott, Scott Springer. Um, actually, it was a pit bull. Oh, pit bull. So, that's right, pit yeah. bull. Even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we'll, so we'll, we will talk about uh, Streetopia. And then Jennifer Nitsky is supposed to arrive. She's a landscape architect. She's on her way. I see her who's walking working. down. Oh, she's working. Great. She's walking up great, the great, West great. End Avenue. So she is a landscape architect who's working for environmental sustainability. And she's with the American Society, Society of Landscape, of landscape Architects. Architects. Okay. All women. And we have a choreographer coming. We have a choreographer coming. And then uh, later in the show, uh, we're, we're going to be talking with the Public Design Commission. And then at the end of the show, about five, towards the end, Adrian Benepe, the former Parks Commissioner, whoa, 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 is going gonna, is gonna to be here. But let's start. Nice. I have a question I want to ask Sarah. Lisa and Sarah, yeah. I want to ask you. Um, so wasn't one of the um, homeless shelters that had been designated for a group of, of, of men, I think. Mm -hmm. Wasn't it recently um, moved, the men moved to another place or something? No. I heard about no, no, no. So I just, I want to start off by clarifying that I'm, I wear lots of hats and today I'm, I'm not wearing a community board hat. So I want to make sure that that's clear. I'm not ever not speaking on behalf the of them. Board, <laughs> right. Duly noted. Duly noted. Um, yeah. So uh, the mayor did say that he was going to move the men out of that shelter. And then it became clear that in order to do that, he was going to have to move some families and some disabled individuals out of another shelter. And there was kind of a, a pretty big backlash about that, especially some of the disabled individuals were going to be moved to uh, not accessible housing. And it just was, the whole right. thing was kind of shoddy work, it, as we've like seen it. from the mayor on a few different issues. <laughs> that, you know, that, that is an issue that we want to cover on a, on a separate show. And I, I do want to get into that. We, we should plan that because I think the, um, the, fl the plight of the homeless it's just generally, you know, it, it, we, need to, we need to think about it. Uh, but we're here today to talk about WeWalk and um, this interesting thing, which I had not known about, Parking Day. It's Park, and in parentheses, Ing Day. You know, Jennifer Nitsky just joined us, and so you can ch chime in. We've, we've introduced you already. Tell us about, um, we have another gentleman here. Hi, uh, Jason Bezier. Okay. He was also helping us plan. Okay, yeah, great. You can put on, put on the headset and you can hear what we're talking about. So let's start. We have a, um, a, about a few minutes here to talk about WeWalk. What is this event? Who started it? Why was it started? What is Parking Day? All those questions. Well, Parking Day is... an is Jennifer Nitsky. Hi, I'm Jennifer Nitsky with the American Society of Landscape Architects. Par Parking Day is an international event that uh, is primarily um, to... T uh, take over parking spaces and turn them into people spaces. Um, and people all over the uh, country are doing this to demonstrate the importance of having a green space in our communities, especially in our big cities, and the value of uh, that it brings to the community and elevating health and wellness and quality of life to communities. And our WeWalk event, um, as you could probably see, is really uh, bringing a lot of people together in a physically safe, 
distant way um, to celebrate life in the city and with lots of activities uh, to, uh, to bring people together. When, when this street, West End Avenue, was opened up from 96 down to 87th, it really, it changed everything around here. To be able to walk in the middle of West End Avenue and see the city from that perspective and see these gorgeous buildings that are lining West End Avenue, it's just an amazing thing. But uh, I want to know, I want to know what Jennifer, you know, envisions for this street right here in front of, we live right there. So what's it going to look like in the future? Well, hopefully the future is now and we can make it look uh, more green and adding a lot more trees. Uh, trees have been known to not only uh, green a space but, and clean our air, but it also, they also have lots of health and wellness benefits for, uh, for people who, who live in the area. Um, they uh, make green space helps you to be calm, um, relaxed, and of course the, the environmental benefits Lisa has probably a lot of vision, oh, too, yeah. for this street. She, you can see, if you, you were here, it. you can see behind us some of her vision. As yeah. we see a car come around. As we come a car oh, beating us to get yeah. out of the way. Because the street belongs to cars. Right. Right. And we would like that not to be the case, actually. Right. We're, we're hearing from Lisa Orman. I, I introduced you as a, uh, an, um, a fierce advocate for, for the streets. Uh, tell us about Streetopia yeah. and some of the stuff that's going on down below us here on West End Avenue. Yeah, so what's happening below us on West End Avenue is really, it's been an activated street by dance, by art, um, by some renderings and, and uh, sort of live action uh, from Jennifer and Jason and others uh, with the landscape architects. But really, we see the streets as a place for people and for life. Uh, and much less so for the movement of automobiles and, and the storage of automobiles. And so we've brought renderings today of different avenues on the Upper West Side. We really see the streets as a place to come alive. What, what are you doing to the parking spaces? I, I noticed there's kind of like, you've taken over some of the parking spaces on the side of the streets. What is yeah, that? Yeah, so, well, that is part of Parking Day is really, as Jennifer said, reimagining what you can do in a very small space. Uh, 20 by 10 space, you can do a lot. Tell us what you can do. Oh, you can put trash there instead of impeding the sidewalks so people can actually walk on the sidewalks. You can put bike corrals in those spaces. You could put a sofa and chairs and have a living room outside so that people could sit and uh, come together and do bar crawl radio. I was going to say, could you put a podcast studio? You bet. <laughs> Definitely. And, and how, how do you, I mean, do you just like take over a space so it's, it's empty and... Yeah. And you just, it's you amazing, just, right? Just like the car drivers, we just take over spaces. It's public. It's public space. <laughs> I never and thought more that. Public. Oh, and you could... don't have to park a car there. No, you don't. No, it's. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, yeah, so historically, we've done this a couple years in a row. Historically, we've only taken over parking spaces. Since we had this beautiful open street this year, we decided to take over the whole thing. But even in a parking space, the last two years, we've had dance performances happen just in a parking space. And there's, you can see it's happening below us right now, a block away. Jody Sperling is doing her dance right now. Um, and she has done that in a parking space in years past, and it's beautiful. Well, I've, I've seen her online, and I'm, I, I'm sorry we're not hearing, seeing her, because she's just amazing, but we will be talking with her a bit later in the in the program. Tell us um, a little uh, about this idea of 
neck down curves. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think we have examples of that here on the Upper West Side. We do, and hopefully we'll have many more examples of that on the Upper West Side. A neck down is basically where you bump out the uh, sidewalk space so that you have additional space for pedestrians to stand. It also, so it shortens the distance to cross the street but it also forces cars to go slowly around that space. And so it really makes the street much safer. Right. Is it ever going to happen that West End Avenue will just be like grass and trees and, right. you know... Okay. I'm a planner. A is, park. Is, is, is oh my there gosh. Any hope for that? <laughs> From your lips. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be amazing. Yeah. Is there plans for that or is there plans for continuing to share the road? I don't think there are plans for anything. Yeah, I anything? think the community <laughs> needs to really share their voice and their vision. I think, you know, we have a particular vision and others share that vision, but I think the community needs to come together and decide what they want for their, their streets and their spaces. And do you have a sense of that? Um, Sarah might have a better sense of that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that we, uh, there's a lot of loud voices um, on both sides. So I, I certainly think that there are some people who don't want this to be an open street. Um, and, you know, I think it's important that people who do want it to be an open street make, make their voices heard loudly as well. So how should we do that? Yeah, I mean, so there's always, of course, community board meetings that you can come to, but um, there's a new uh, movement called City Rise, which is going to focus on pulling in uh, people from all over the neighborhood just to try to get your voices heard. Do you yeah. want to, Lisa, talk yeah, about that Yeah, so um, people can go to cityrise.nyc to learn more about this campaign. Um, we're really asking the mayor to start to have some vision and to start acting. Um, we really feel like, uh, unfortunately, we haven't seen a lot of leadership out of our mayor during this crisis, and we'd like to see more. Um, so we're talking about surface transportation plans that would include, this is very outside the scope of what we're talking about today, but include HOV plans, include bike networks, and open streets like this. But open streets for more than just what we're seeing here. We think we could have open streets, as we've seen for restaurants, um, for retail, for schools. Um, yeah. so, that, so there is a place on our streets for both people walking, for bikers, for skaters, for you bet. cars. There's tons of space out for here. For deliveries. I mean, it doesn't have to just belong to the cars. I think it's actually important to note that all day today, it still is an open street. And there have been cars and, for example, delivery vehicles going. It's just that they have to go incredibly slowly to make sure that they're, you know, sharing the road, unlike normally when they just are racing down. Right, and yeah, I used yeah. to live right here, and, you know, my daughter almost got hit by a car here, you know. And, and it's one of the things that made me want to get more involved in my local community. This street was not safe before, and now the cars are going very slowly. No, people so have nice. been killed just up the yeah, block here. Yeah, absolutely. On, on, on West End Avenue. It just seems like it's a really hard sell because you're dealing with a real car culture. We are and dealing we, with the well, car like culture, we, but we also have a an Upper West Side where 75% of, of households don't own a car. And so we sort of, just because we've been doing it one way doesn't mean that that's the way that we should continue doing it. I was just told that we have our, our, our guest came in. Well, I and just want to give Jason a chance to yeah. say, tell us what your, your vision is for this street or for um, what, what part do you take in this? Sure. Speaking now is Jason Bejor, who's a member of the American Society of Landscape Architects. Uh, I think we're starting to see in some other areas of the city where our restaurants are reopening and we're having outdoor seating, that that plays into a bit of what this experience is like 
on this open street on West End Avenue. And you have, we're coming off the curb, we're taking up an area that was a parking space, and now we're having outdoor dining. And that came about out of necessity, but now we're seeing, you know, gosh, this is this is really nice. Yes, it is. It's awesome. It? Yes. Yeah, even place like New York, which is, you know, we have our cold winters here. We haven't had a winter in the pandemic yet, really. But, like, you can get space heaters out here. Why couldn't you continue this year round, right? <laughs> right. I mean, right. trying to think outside the box here, everything this year is outside the box. So yeah. nothing's off yeah. the table. So Yeah, and you serve not, hot right? chocolate and s'mores, you know, on those nights. Yeah. And cuddle up in little benches. Exactly. <laughs> Sounds good. Snow and coming down. Indeed. What could be better in New York City? And we're going to have to continue this conversation at some future date. <laughs> um, we've uh, been speaking with uh, Lisa Orman of Streetopia, uh, Jennifer Nitsky, uh, an architect with the... Landscape um, architect. Landscape architect with the American <laughs> Society of Landscape Architects. Correct. Okay, I and, got it right. And Jason as well. Yes, and Landscape Jason as well. And mm-hmm. Sarah Lynn, who is uh, running soon for the city council. Keep your... Keep your, uh, your ears open for Sarah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. We are now going to be talking with some representatives from the Public Design Commission of New York City. And we're just going to set up, while we're setting up, does anyone want to come up to the mic and have a question for anyone who, uh, you know, for what's going on? We have an open mic. Uh, Alina, our co producer, could spray the mic to make sure it's uh and, and maybe the headphones if you want to you know the mics that were just used if you want to spray them I'll we're just, trying to stay uh too bad, but I'll, I'll, I'll just spray my hands later yeah i think that's you know. very windy out here you spray him yeah just all over my face yeah double spray yeah I've played Trump in the past, and so uh, I oh my God, you, you played the you played the coronavirus one. I time. played the coronavirus oh, once. Yeah, I, I should have. That's why I should have had the spray that night. Yeah. Played the coronavirus. <laughs> he did. We do wacky things. So we we have two representatives from the Public Design Commission. Could you introduce yourself? I'm sorry. Yeah, I, sure. I yeah, no, Nobody right knows up, who I am. Right up to the mic. <laughs> That's fine. Oh. Uh, my name is Carrie Butler, and I'm the Deputy Executive Director. And I'm Jenna Miller, and I'm the Urban Design and Policy Manager. For yeah, if you get right up on the mic, we're yeah. kind of outside here. here and there's a lot of sound <laughs> around <right>. us. <laughs> and, and we have uh, with us the former uh, New York City Parks Commissioner, Adrian Benepe. I'm thrilled to have all of you here. <laughs> and you do, do you know each other. I know who Adrian is. Oh, Adrian yes. is. Yeah, we I've, we know who Adrian is. Everybody does. Um, <laughs> I think I had I had. That's a frightening thought. Yeah. <laughs> I think I had some. You know, we, we had talked early when I was the president of the New York Lawn Bowling Club. Yes. And uh, we 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 might have met then. There's still issues with that lawn, but uh, that's a whole other. That's a whole other. As thing. they say, that's not my department. Uh, yeah. Not anymore. Eh? <laughs> so. Um, why don't we start with the New York, uh, with the uh, Public Design Commission? Tell us what you do. What is your, you know, what is your area of expertise and, and responsibilities? Okay, so we are probably the smallest city agency that exists in New York City, and just our, the two of you. Yeah, just the two of us. <laughs> we decide everything. Yep. <laughs> just kidding. We have an independent board of eleven members, and they're they work for the city pro bono. They come in once a month and they review public designs uh, and they approve public designs before they're installed. So we're looking at permanent installations on city-owned property, parks, plazas, streetscapes, uh, public artworks. Would this be statues? Yes. 
So the, the Joan of Arc statue, you're in charge of that. Yes. We just did it. We just did a show on that. Oh great! Uh, so wait, so so um, in this uh, culture now of statues being taken down, you must be very careful and thoughtful, I guess, about what statues go up. Yes. Is there anything in the in the offing? Well, you we, you just put up a statue in Central Park. Uh, the women's pioneers. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so there. We've taken. We. I don't know. You may remember the mayor had um, an advisory commission on public art, and we are really taking their recommendations very seriously. And one of their recommendations was a more additive approach. And so we do have the She Built initiative. So we have many um, artworks to women in the pipeline. Of course, with the pandemic, many city projects are on hold. But sure. we're hoping to restart uh, very soon and and really. Com commemorate those really. Um, what about the women? artist who um, did this statue over here? Uh, Huntington. I think. Huntington. Anna, right. Anna Hyatt Huntington. Huntington. Thank you. Good job, guys. <laughs> right. A, a, a magnificent statue. So you're also in charge of taking care of the statues, too. Well, that would be more the Parks Department. Typically, I mean, most public statues are on Parks property, and the Parks Department is, I think, the only city agency that has a dedicated team of, con of conservators who, who conserve these statues. So they're working pretty hard. Right. Yeah, we've talked to some of them. Adrian knows more about that. Ask him about it. I used to, oversee, <laughs> I used to run that unit. Oh, wow. Ago, yeah. Someone on our show about that that was um, on that within that group? Well, we, well, the Municipal Arts Society. Okay. Kind of helped helped us with that. Oh, yeah, they've they're they've funded a lot of art conservation projects with right. the city. So, why are you here for this uh, We Walk event? How are you getting? How are you involved with this event? Well, we've been working on a streetscapes initiative with the ASLA, and they invited us to participate today. The American Society for, for Landscaping Landscape Architects. Architects. Yes. And we've been doing a lot of research into uh, streetscapes, looking at pedestrian safety. And of course, with the pandemic, there are a whole lot of new issues that have come up, and we thought this would be a good opportunity for us to come and hear from the public. We don't, you know, we have public hearings, but we don't typically come out and just hear what people have oh, to say. So it'd be nice if somebody would come up and, and, and talk to you folks. Right. What are you hearing? <laughs> are people talking to you? What are you hearing? People I mean, seem to, I mean, we're talking to a lot of pedestrians, obviously, and but they seem to love this uh, shared street idea. They love the restaurants that are on the in the parking spaces they they want to see more of course more green cleaner streets more pedestrianized streets are you hearing anything from the car owners uh, uh not really a few um, <laughs> we've we've heard that you know people use this the streets to park and um and that they don't want that to be compromised however um most I say the consensus today has been that in general people want fewer cars on the streets. Okay. So I'm even with that. even car owners, because I mean people are always complaining about parking spaces. I mean, mm -hmm. one car owner wanted all the parking to be put underground, ah. so we could all build massive parking garages underground. Oh, so they'd have to dig under our buildings. Well, just put them in the subways. <laughs> right. No problem. Right. There, there you go. go. There you go. Adrian sure Benepe, thank you that. so much for joining us here on Bar Crawl. Well, let me, I just want to give a shout out to the Public Design Commission, because okay. it's, it's singular among cities. Like Very few cities have anything like this. It goes back to the turn of the last century. It used to be known as the Art Commission, Right. and they have awesome power. Nothing gets built on any city property, no firehouse, no police station, nothing without their approval. And they can just reject it. Like, sorry, this is a bad design. Uh-huh. They're the most powerful group in New York City. So and they, they, they have people who are on the board who are a painter, 
a sculptor, you know, who are nominated by you know arts groups, by like museums and stuff. Um, and it's so it's kind of a throwback to the 19th century, but it's really important. My old boss, Patty Harris, was the head of the, of the art commission under Mayor Koch, and she worked in that same third floor office. They used to, they used to what I used to love this. They had forms that were like 100 years old that you had to type out <laughs> your stuff on. Oh, wow. And you could only use those forms. You couldn't submit it electronically. So, so you could type out the today? submissions no. on these ancient pieces of paper. <laughs> and long after there was technology to not use these ancient forms, you had to type. They said, nope, it has to be on those forms. Yeah. Bring out the whiteout. Yeah. I mean, Central yeah. Park was kind of run that way, too, on forms. So they, uh, but it's really, it's a very important group because somebody has to decide, is this high quality enough to be a monument in a park? All right, let me ask your opinion. There's a building going up here right on Broadway and 91st, 91st, Street, 91st Street. And there's some uh, contention about it because it's a cantilever building. And it's like a weird, I've seen renderings of it. It's a weird looking building. Are you in charge of okaying that design? But that's not a public space. That's it's not a public a, space. It's private. Only yes. public buildings. <coughs> City planning would have to approve that. Okay, yeah. all right. I think uh, it's been approved. I have so much They're to learn. Yeah. I have so much to learn. So, um, um, Adrian, if I can call you Adrian. Sure. You can call me Alan. Um, <laughs> When when did you stop being uh, the, um, the uh, New York City uh, Parks, Parks Commissioner? Commissioner? Yeah, eight, a little bit over eight years ago. It was um, August of 2012. Right, right. What what do you think you accomplished as Park Commissioner during the period that you were there? Yeah, you know, being Parks Commissioner in New York City is like the best job in the world. <laughs> I just had a lot of fun. Um, nice. No, you know, it's hey, I want that job. <clears throat> I know because you're outdoors every day. Is it kind of like being paid. a beach bum? <laughs> a little less work. Ah, there you go. No, but you know, you you oversee 15% of New York City's surface area, which is a lot. And it's really kind of, I used to call it like you're the court jester of New York City. All, all of your work is fun. It's kids, it's parks, it's swimming pools, it's skating rinks, it's canoeing down the Bronx River. Um, but there's also some serious aspects to it because you're in charge of the life safety of a million people every day at the beaches. And you were in charge of lifeguards and swimming pools and stuff. So... But, you know, we had a lot of fun, and it, it coincided with a time when the economy was relatively healthy, and Mayor Bloomberg thought parks were a good idea, so he invested billions of dollars, $6 billion, in building new parks. So we did Henry, uh, Hudson River Park and Brooklyn Bridge Park and the High Line and the Bronx River. We have some great, great parks in this city. We, have, we do. We, we do. have Amazing some of the best parks, parks in the world. We yeah. moved here in 1979 into that building right there, and it was nothing like it is today. It's, it's, it's an amazing, beautiful Shining well, you've got Riverside Park, Park here. And Riverside Park. Central Park over there. Playgrounds yeah. between. And by the way, the Public Design Commission oversees all the park designs, too. The landscapes, the buildings. Wow. Yeah, they have a really... That's a lot of work, ladies. The just the two of you? Every, yeah, just us. Every two single us. project built in a public place has to go through the Art Commission. Wow. Public Design Commission, sorry. Uh, but, but and also are, the restoration. If you want to restore a monument, you can't just restore the monument. You have to bring the plan, the conservation plan, they have something called the Conservation. Do you still have the Conservation Advisory Group? We do. Yes. Known as CAG. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, oh, and yeah. And these cool. are experts in art conservation who have to approve your plan for restoring the monuments. And the guy in charge of the monuments is somebody named Jonathan Kuhn. That's the one we had on our we show. We had Jonathan right? was on our yeah, show. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. We were talking about the Soldier and Sailor's Monument. Yeah, he's an amazing guy because yeah. he really, really, really cares about the... And he, he's very knowledgeable. He's an art historian by training. Right. Well, what about the Soldier and Sailor's Monument? Uh, are, are, are you overseeing that? I mean, is something going to happen? I know it needs a lot of repairs. 
Well, we we don't provide funding for these yeah. projects, but I think that that would be something the Parks Department would weigh. And I'm sure they they're have working and getting the money for it. Yeah. You know, it's going to be very expensive. Yeah, thirty I hear million. Like, I hear. Oh wow! Yeah. But when they do get the money, it will have the restoration plan will have to go through the Public Design then, Commission. Then you'll be in board. Yes. Okay. Right. 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 This is the Civil War monument. Uh, on 90th and uh, Riverside Drive, it's yeah. uh, it's it's a magnificent. It's all, a, it's all a, times it's of a year. copy of a um, ancient Roman tomb. Right, right. right. Like Someone a, in particular, I forget the name. Coria of it. something. Yeah, yeah, Do you guys yeah. remember what it is? It's the. We, we I want to say like the choreographic monument yeah. or something. Oh, we, all, we all failed. So, so Adrian, <laughs> what, what, what do you think about this We Walk event here on West End Avenue? Well, it's great. You know, I went to public school four blocks up here, PS75. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And right, I was right I'm, there. As I sit here, I'm thinking about we're sitting in the middle of friggin' West End Avenue <laughs> yes. at rush hour. Right. Where normally, if you're standing, you'd be run over, like, and your body would be trampled you'd be by all the cars. Be taken to the to yeah. Bellevue or something. And it's so beautiful and wonderful. This is a very successful open street, and I come here a lot. You know, not on parking day, just to because it's civilized. You can ride your bicycle safely. You see little kids on their bicycles and people walking their dogs. It's a reminder that 120 years ago, we gave away our streets to cars. Right. It's time to take them back. Yes, and like for example, Broadway. Yeah. Broadway used to have a promenade in the middle, right? Yes. The whole. We can we go back to that? Can you imagine? Well, we we could probably. I work. I uh, volunteer for something called the Broadway Mall Association. Yeah, we We've had, had on the our Broadway show too. Mall. On. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're great. But you have to radically rethink. Like, why should people be able to store their private property on the street every day for free? Like. Do I get to store a three thousand pound storage container on the street every day? But people get to, like it's their right to park their car, right? Well, you, yeah, I'd like to store my stuff on the street for free every day. It's not a bad idea. Right? You, uh, we you do so need some storage. You're obviously a biker. Though. I am. Well, yeah, that's my bike. That's my right. Yeah. I used to own a car, no more. Really? Yeah, my car went away with my son to Santa Fe. Okay. Well, okay. my 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 co-host here wanted to buy a car. And I, I still said, do. No, I don't, I, I haven't had a car? a car since college, and I want to tell you that was a long time ago. Um, you don't. You don't have to have a car. I know, but yeah. I want one. A little one. Maybe I want should, a Fiat. We, I think we'll, we're going to take parking stuff away from uh, DOT and give it to Public Design Commission. They'll be in charge Uh-oh. of parking. <laughs> that just that'll be much design. better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, They're right. just going to redesign the parking. You bring back the design without the cars, and we'll approve it. Yeah. This is Barco Radio. We're on West End Avenue for the We Walk event. Uh, we're inviting people from the on the street here to come up and. Ask a question. Our mic is open. If you have a question open for the, mic. for the, um, right there. This one right there. Yeah, go, go right ahead. If oh you want God. to hear better, we have a we have a headset. If you want to oh, hear yeah. us better, I can hear you pretty okay, well. Okay, cool. You probably can't Watch hear me. Watch your back. No, we can. Oh, we got a UPS truck coming through. We can, but if, it would be best if you got. Thank so you. Actually, go nice and slow. Nice and close to there. Okay, right. is this good? It's good. It's good. Yeah, can you hear me you're now? Hot. You're hot. Yes. Well, I, I just wanted to say hello. I'm tell here, us who you are. Yes. My name is Kari Doctor, and I'm here for two reasons. I'm wearing two different hats. One as the co-chair of the District 3 Green Schools Committee, and we were here today promoting outdoor classrooms, nice. trying to get more of a uh, discussion about that going on, and now with the uh, chancellor, you know, Again, pushing back school opening, uh, that's kind of something we find might be a good idea. So, um, And then I'm also here as a cellist of the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra. Very nice. Wow. And we had a few of us playing because 
we obviously are not in the opera house. The opera house is closed, so we're out here trying to, you know, promote some some happiness. Well, if you, you, ever, you ever want to get a group together, a Barco Radio is out here every Thursday at five, and we okay. we love to broadcast some some music or whatever you want to talk about. So, how do you green our schools, our public schools? A very good question. It's a difficult task. I think it really it depends on the school. It depends on a lot of it is is parent driven. So, you know, if you can get, at, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something different. You teach the kids how to green their schools. That's how you do it. Because when I first started, when my son first started at at an elementary school around the corner, around the corner. He was the one that got us composting at home because they were doing it at school, right? So I think that's, that's the way. But it's a lot of parent involvement and, and just trying to get people on board with the ideas. I'll jump in here to say that um, the group I currently work for, the Trust for Public Land, one of their major projects in New York City is what we call green schoolyards. So we work with individual schools and the Department of Education to take your basic asphalt schoolyard completely redesign it and reconstruct it as a green schoolyard with trees, plantings, rain gardens, wow. nice. synthetic turf, playing field, play equipment, and we do it with a combination of public and private money. And we've done close to 300 of those across the city since over 20 years. And during the Bloomberg administration, they took that model and put it on steroids and did about 200 in a couple of years. So Very nice. These are you know really important city-owned assets. They're not very good as asphalt lots. They're not good environmentally. They're not good for your health. If you fall what down on them, you get hurt. What was that choice to to create schools with asphalt lots? It was... Well, I mean, I'm thinking about it now. They're all like that. It's when they just didn't care about what happened. They thought that's the cheapest thing, easiest to maintain. Yep. You don't have to plant grass or worry about it. But it's, it's changing. You know, it's, there's... Of the thousand schoolyards in New York City, 300 have now been greened and made really nice. And then the best part is they open it to the community after school, weekend, summer, vacation. So it becomes a community park, what they call like a joint use park. Uh -huh. um, and this is taken care of by the school custodian, but open to the public after school. So, Corey, That's this, this all sounds good, yeah? So I want to find one. Yeah, of those. so I mean, it, yeah. There's the PS 111 on 53rd yeah. Street, is, is one near here. There's a bunch in Harlem. Okay. Yeah. And to, um, to, to round out that, I mean, the, the composting was actually, the composting in the schools was started by District 3 Green Schools Group. Um, a group of, you know, very committed parents were the ones who started, piloted that program on the Upper West Side in the schools. Was that and before they even do, started doing composting, um, encouraging the yes. uh, apartment buildings to yeah, yeah. compost? Yeah, hmm. this was 12, 13 years ago, I uh, think. Vanguards. Yeah, right. yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, we have some people standing behind you. I wonder if anyone else has a question for the former um, New York City uh, So this young man here has a question. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. i got to turn your mic on. Go ahead. I was playing um, bat badminton on the streets, and and I hope that this is stays the same. Wow. What, what is your name, sir? My name is Max. I'm six and a half years old. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Max. Thank you for sharing that. I agree with you so I want to play badminton Absolutely. with you now. Yes. One of the rackets broke, so... Oh, no. Oh, boy. I don't like badminton. Can I play good mitten? That's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you, Max. Would you like to ask something? Yes. Uh, just um, 
Yeah, you can put the headset on. If you like, yeah. So, yeah, so tell us who you are and, and uh, who would you like to. We have Adrian Benepes here, former New York uh, City Park Commissioner. and Awesome. The, uh, long ago. Long ago. <laughs> eight years ago. Not that long ago. And public design commission representatives here. Fantastic. That's so, amazing. <laughs> so what, what, what do you have to ask or say about this We Walk event? Well, um, my name is Jody Sperling. I'm a choreographer. Oh, you're Jody. Oh, you're, okay. you're, you're coming on our show. Yeah, that's what I was called. I was summoned, so that's oh, why I'm here. Okay. Yeah, so I have I have a few minutes, and my dancers are packing up the car. And I, so, ask fire away. Would you like to sit down? I get a seat. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we yes. had we had we had a seat just for you. I, you know what? I'm okay. If You're the good. sound quality is the same, I'm good. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. mind. It's exactly the same. Okay. So, um, Jody Sperling is a choreographer working to raise awareness about climate change, and has a. Um, She's a choreographer. I mean, some of the stuff that you've done is kind of amazing. And may maybe our other guest here can have questions for you. So you founded... Um, you can hear me blushing right now. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, company is called Time Lapse Dance. Uh, presents visually alluring kinetic theater that fuses dance, music, lighting, costume design. You've been on a uh, Coast Guard icebreaker. You were the choreographer in residence. In residence, what yes. What the heck does that mean? And you've danced on the Arctic ice or the polar ice. And I've seen some of the stuff that you the do costumes, with the big yes. costumes. It's really kind of amazing. With the wind blowing. Uh, Adrian, if you're, if you're leaving, I, I totally understand. Thank you very much for joining us. What a pleasure. I've never done an interview sitting in a studio in the middle of West End Avenue. Well, right. you're invited to come back anytime. We were out here Thursday. As long as we're right. allowed to be I'll here on this back. public space. Yeah. If you have something you want to... Hey, great job. I just want to say thank you to the you Public Design Commission. Oh. They, they have the hardest job in New York. Thank you. Because they yeah. have to pass judgment on buildings and art and everything else. <laughs> they protect us from bad architecture. So, hey, thank you very much again. Yeah. Okay. 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 okay, there you go. Thank you so much. Thank you. You, you have a very unusual uh, dance technique that you picked up from another dancer. Loe Fuller. Loe Fuller, who's a serpentine dance. And I saw it. I've never seen anything like that before. I recommend anyone go look up Jody Sperling and Time Lapse Dance. Tell us about Time Lapse Dance and the work that you do. The idea of a time lapse uh, is that it allows you to see the shape of change over time. And so when I was thinking about naming my dance company, which this year in 2020 turns 20 years. Oh, my gosh. And so we're celebrating our 20th anniversary. I wanted to think about... Um, what is the trajectory that we're on and how are the forces of history shaping our motion yes we're, in we're, cars, in, city. we're cars yes yeah how are, how is the trajectory of that motorcycle shaping my sentence <laughs> and we put it right there right on purpose um so that there are forces in history that are acting upon you and we're sort of very aware of that now in this um, moment um, of civil uprising, right? Understanding the forces of racism that have like, you know, been gone generation through generation, but there are all kinds of historical forces that act on you. And if you're not really aware of your past, uh, you cannot innovate. And so when I was thinking about the name time-lapse, I really wanted to think about how can I contour uh, dance that's evocative of this shape of change. And I was interested in the dance style of Loie Fuller, who is really one of the most iconic performers of the late 19th, early 20th century. And she was an extraordinarily innovative, 
powerful woman in was this time. Was she before uh, Graham? Yes, before Graham. And um, if your next question is, did she, you know, before Isadora, yes. <laughs> she helped to actually spawn uh, the career of Isadora Duncan. And so Loie Fuller uh, was at the forefront of modern dance, but also a lot of artistic movements from Art Nouveau and Cubism and uh, symbolism and the advent of cinema. And so I got very interested in this apparatus that Loie Fuller used, which is this enormous silk costumes with sometimes hundreds of yards of silk. And she put, amazing. Just she amazing put these uh, sticks inside the costumes and she could create these uh, wonderful sculptural forms. And what I realized the first time that I sort of encountered this genre was that it was very contemporary, even though it was 100 years old, and that you could insert your, but by expanding yourself out into space, you could really start to understand the impact of the human body on the larger environment. And that's what sort of got me interested in exploring um, Climate change. Uh, climate change. Well, I've you know, if you live in this time, it's a concern. And I think that if you put your glasses on and you see the shape of change over time, you see the extent of the, the Arctic ice shrinking and you see the warming and you understand what the big picture is. So that has always been my sort of interest is to see how things ha are, you know, evolving. And can you, can you, can dance help? open your perceptions to events as they unfold around you. You've danced on the polar uh, polar ice cap. What, what was that like? And it was a black and white. What did the black and white um, represent? So two different questions here. And uh -huh. the first is that I was invited to participate in a polar science mission to the Chukchi Sea, which is north of Alaska. And I was aboard this science vessel at, at, with all these amazing researchers who were, you know, re doing science research. And they treated me and invited me to participate as an artistic researcher. So I was there gleaning as much as I can about sea ice, learning about its properties, so that I could both, one, make a film of me dancing while I was there, and then upon return, kind of use that data and create a work that was evocative of sea ice. And, and I really participated in the data collection also as, while I was there and got to know some of the science behind ice formation. And so that went into a piece that I choreographed called Ice Cycle. And in that section, you asked about the black and the white. There's a dancer in a white Louis Fuller style costume and one in a black Louis Fuller style costume. And it's, it's almost like a yin and a yang. There's this balance between what I thought of as the ice and the water. Right, and so ice, as we know, has an albedo that uh, is very reflective. Right, like so, most of the light that hits the white ice, you know, you most of it bounces back into the stratosphere. The open water is almost the inverse. So, you know, 95% of the uh, incident light gets reflected back on on ice, and 95% of the, you know, the radiant heat from the sun gets absorbed by the ocean when it's exposed. And so I, what's, what's happening is there's this feedback loop that the, warm, the ocean is warming and that's melting the ice more quickly. And so in this dance, there's a con, uh, we go back to a, a sort of a time or a, this idea that there's a constant balance between the melting and the refreezing and the melting and the refreezing. But as we see that this balance has been, you know, 
changing. Yeah. yeah. I just want to put a shout out to Barcrow Radio because we did a podcast on the Athabasca Glacier uh, about a year ago and talked with uh, Peter Lemieux. And the thing is just, it's just receding. It's just going away. Yeah. Now, you work with a um, composer, Matthew Bertner. Yes. Uh, tell us about him, and then we're going to hear a piece by him. Oh, okay. So Matthew is a specialist in the, in music of ice, and, and music, uh, generally, he uses data and materials of climate change in his music. And uh, he's an extraordinary composer, and we began our collaboration uh after with ice cycle and we've been that was um 2014 we started working together and we have done quite a number of projects together since then very intensely and we're both really interested in exploring ways that we can engage creatively with climate and so we have done a project that focused on wind and how wind is changing and we're doing a piece now that's focusing on plastic and how um and about plastic music in fact he even kind of made a piece uh in the, it's an in progress piece and uh what what is the sound of plastic inside the body because we know that right. we have so we ingest so much of it and so right. and also just the sounds of that so we've been uh collaborating together in a lot of different works over many years and uh we have, have tremendous respect and admiration for um for the work that he does let's hear a little piece um from uh, matthew bertner I'm going to use that to go to sleep tonight. I love that. I mean, uh, it's just, it's so And he's peaceful. a native uh, Alaskan, right? Well, he's from Alaska. He's uh, not a native not a Alaska. Native. Okay. But he grew up in a small town in northern Alaska where, you know, it was incredibly cold and really developed a relationship with the snow and the ice. Yeah, he's out on the ice. He's recording the sounds. Yes. He's he's using, he's hitting the ice to create yep. beats and yeah. uh, just wonderful. Does he, does he live out in Alaska? He, he, uh, he does now. He's a professor at University of Virginia, but when he's not in Virginia, which he doesn't have to be right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah. he's out in, in Alaska now. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, tell, tell us a little about what, why you joined the WeWalk. So, um, I, uh, the last two years, I uh, produced Spot for Dance Festival um, in the street in honor of Parking Day. And that was um, to draw attention to the misallocation of public space to subsidizing um, fossil fuel burning vehicles. And what we did is we, in the space of four cars, we put on an entire dance festival. And it was an amazing happening, and we had hundreds of people gathering in the street, and it was a great community event. Because of activity, because of being involved in the Broadway Task Force of Community Board 7, and uh, through these events, I met um, Lisa Orman and Jennifer Nitsky from ASLA, and it's, so and um, Sarah Lynn. And so we decided, we had a meeting right after last year's event, and we started planning. And then because of, we went a little bit rogue this year, um, in planning, uh, but we knew we couldn't do parking day because it was not going to work with all the COVID stuff. Uh, so we decided to activate the open street. This is not normally a very 
activated um, OpenStreet. And we wanted, and I was rehearsing here yesterday, and I can't tell you how many vehicles like almost ran us over. Yes. While oh my we were, goodness. And so, but what was amazing is that the more, we had an incredible audience just now for the performance, and they, we filled the entire street. And then when a car happened to come by, they had to just inch through. And, the, and there were children, and there were, you know, sitting in the middle of the, of the avenue and occupying it and taking this space over for community and for fun. And this is exactly I love it. what we wanted to do, was bring some performance, some vitality, some culture to the streets, let people gather and see each other and, you know, in a safe way, because especially because we can't be inside, you know, you know right. and all of that. So I'm just thrilled with the turnout that we had. We had just wonderful audiences too. And um, we're sorry we missed it. But maybe, well, maybe we'll it's been well documented. Okay, <laughs> good. And right. actually there's a live stream of the performance on our Facebook page. Right, but I hear that you have to really be there in, in the space because, because you create wind with your costume. Um, well, we were t working today with plastic bags. Ah. I saw one of the costumes. Yeah, and so yeah. all of the, you know, we can't really work with our Lowy Fuller costumes in the street. Um, I mean, we can't, but you need a flooring and, you and know, so, and so I have been working this last several months on a piece um, around, themed around plastic pollution. And the costumes are all made out of plastic bags. And I, ha I was going to have, we were going to do the show in May in a theater, right? And I had a costume designer, and she made one prototype that I get to wear. And it's uh, it's a costume that basically uses more than 150 plastic bags on my body. And, um, and then I was rehearsing remotely with the dancers last month and last couple of months. And they each designed their own costume out of plastic bags. And it was wonderful to work to collaborate with them. They participated in this whole like apparatus construction. And so Maki is from Japan, and she created this kimono out of the plastic bags. Wow. And, um, and Andrea, um, who uh, she has a big smiley face on her front, and it's like a little dress, and it's a tutu. And Anika, we were playing with her, like drowning in plastic bags in her bathtub. So we brought a big box out <laughs> here, and she, it's almost more like out here. It's more like a coffin. Uh, that she's in coming to life. And so it was a way of uh, just bringing our experiment that we had started on, we'd meant to do it in the theater, then we were doing it on Zoom, and now we got to bring it to the streets and share it with everyone live, and then it'll also be uh, available virtually. Because that is the, the reality of how we're going to be able to continue to connect with people. Yes, we're, we're, the, we're in the real space, the but we're also future. in the virtual space. I just wanted to ask, uh, though, too, Jordi, what, what, can you let us know where is there, can we see these films um, online somewhere? Or? Yeah, absolutely. So in, um, we have been uh, celebrating the 20th anniversary uh, with a lot of virtual programming. And so we have been putting piece, repertory piece after piece, editing it uh, for public distribution. So if you go to timelapsedance.com, click on events, you can see some of the stuff that we have up there, but also on our social media channels on YouTube, we at Time Lapse Dance has a page, and we have a lot of videos up there. Uh, Facebook, we have a page, Instagram, you can find us all over. Yeah. Thank you very much, Jody Sperling, You're for, very welcome. for joining us um, and telling us about your Time Lapse Dance, and we recommend everyone to get online and look it up. Look yeah, it up, it's on YouTube, please, and it's gorgeous. Please sign our mailing list and, you know, follow us. We'd love to, you know, have you come and see our shows 
live or virtual when they come. Thank you so much Very for nice. That's having That's time-lapse time dance. Everyone look it up. This is Barkwell Radio. We're out on West End Avenue. We're being visited by um, the state uh, assembly uh, representative, uh, Linda Rosenthal, is going to come up and say hello. But uh, we have an, uh, a lady here at the... Did you want to say something? No, no. Oh. Oh, I just wanted to say that this is a... Uh, you know, it's... I listened to your... Um, podcast thank oh, you thank you previously when you were out here and it was it was enjoyable so thank you thank you very much uh, yeah this is great this is thank exactly you what we need is community involvement and talking through issues like the lucerne you know all of that good stuff right yeah we have to keep exactly. talking to each other yes to stay sane in these moments yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you what's thank your name uh my name is patricia collins patricia patricia thank, thank you. you patricia thank come you come by again i will and uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna kind of uh, hold out here until uh, Linda is, sits down. Uh-oh. How are you? How are you doing? I'm good. It's weird not to see you, like by the by the beer. I know. I know. I know. I know. Yeah. Linda was on um, a previous Barclay Radio over Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar next to where your your offices are on West Seventy Second Street. Yes. And we talked about all kinds of great stuff. We did. So why why are you out here? Ms. Rosenthal on uh, the West End Avenue. This is for cars. What are you doing sitting in the middle <laughs> of the street, lady? Well, it's lovely without any cars. And this is, uh, well, I guess from 88th to 93rd, at least today, there was a, a mini kind of impromptu street fair. People put up tables and... Uh, and a bar and a, and a, a recording studio. A recording studio. Yeah, People were drawing are. with chalk on the street and... You know, different things like that. So it was good to draw people out, try to be a community. Well, what do you think about the goals of, um, of We Walk and Streetopia and Parking Day? I mean, is, is, it, is it something that's doable? Do you support it? I think, what, to get, to get rid people. of this many cars here? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think it's great. To green up the space. It's, it's really good. And I, and, and I think people in the neighborhood enjoy it a lot. You know, especially with all the restaurants out in the street, it, it feels more, I wouldn't say like a carnival, but it does feel more joyous than like cars parked and yeah. nothing going on. Had, had you ever walked down the middle of West End Avenue before? Um, I did at the beginning of this pandemic yeah. when no one was out, but otherwise, no, and it feels great. It does, doesn't it? It I mean, does. To be able to walk in the middle of the street and you see can all really these see the magnificent buildings you know? of, of the Upper West Side. Yes, it's. We're, it's we're literally sitting on the yellow line. You of sat the on the street. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, we're sitting in our chairs. Okay. On, yeah. the, on the yellow lines here, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. It, it feels it feels great, but I, uh, the cars are starting to come for some. Yeah, reason. they're going to take over, and they do. We're we're out here every every Thursday and. Oh, you are. Yeah, we we uh, podcast record every Thursday. It's five. If it's PM. not raining. If it's not raining, yeah. That's great. That's yeah. great. I mean, I've been doing most of my work in my in my apartment. Yes. Yes. So it feels yeah. good to get out and mingle. What can you tell us about what's going on in the state government now that uh, can make us feel good? Mm, make you feel good. Yeah, make <laughs> us feel good. Most of it is bad news. Um, what we've been doing is waiting for the federal government to come through yeah. with uh, funding because what the the executive has been doing is withholding uh, going forward 20% of the, all the funds that are due to the not-for-profits and all the other agencies. So 
at the time of this great need in various areas, people are having to make do with less but deliver the same or even greater num amount of services. And that's not a sustainable uh, model. No. Right, right. I, is there any talk about uh, taxing the rich in the future? Yes, yes, I have one of the bills to tax the rich, and that is to uh, um, get more funding for schools. Because as you know, the campaign for fiscal equity years ago, the court decreed that we were not giving a sound basic education to every student in public school because they were owed so much money. Um, some years ago, maybe 10 years ago, we started delivering that. And then the recession hit, so we stopped. But in order to deliver educational services, um, any manner of things that, uh, you know, for uh, drug uh, people with substance use disorder, a lot of mental health issues, we can't be cutting those agencies' budgets. And so we have taxes on billionaires. Actually, there are more billionaires in this state since the pandemic than before. It's incredible. Like, most people were losing money or just staying in place or, you know. Well, it's like it's a system, though. Kind yes. of funnels it towards them. That's right. That's right. And so... The thing I always say is billionaires don't feel it if you tax them a little more. As a matter of fact, a poll some years ago indicated that they said they'd be happy to give more. Yep. Um, because it doesn't affect them. Yeah. And, and, you know, like the $600 that people who were unemployed were getting, that money didn't go into the bank. That went to buy food, you yep. know, pay the rent. And with the billionaires, it just goes in, into the bank, you know, like Jeff Bezos yep. earned how much more? because more and more people ordered from Amazon. So, you know, we have to have a more equitable, more just society, and one way is to ensure that it's not so lopsided, that the wealthy are just groaning under their newfound excess, and other people are just dying in the streets. Right. Okay, I, I know this has nothing to do with WeWalk, but maybe it does. I need to hear from a state official at a high level, as you are, Ooh. that the election is going to be okay. <laughs> Tell me it's going to be all right. Well, it's going to be all right, but not without a lot of vigilance and a lot of oversight and a lot of people having their eyeballs on what's going on. And, and we see here, even in New York, where no doubt Biden will, you know, will yeah. win by overwhelming amounts. There are glitches in voting. So imagine here in New York, a stronghold. We don't have to be afraid that Trump will win here. Um, in other states, the Republicans have really made incursions um, on the right to vote. And we really have to pay attention to all of those places. All right, you're not making me feel Okay, okay, let me that. make you feel good. <laughs> all the polls indicate that Trump is not re-electable. All the key states where which he has to win, okay. he is not doing well better that's good and bloomberg just said he's going to spend a hundred million dollars in florida to ensure that biden gets the vote okay. so wow. that's a good news right no that's that good is that's good, good news i'm feeling i'm feeling a little bit better um we we want to do an upcoming show on the homelessness on the upper west side okay i'm sure you have an opinion on it i do um and we'd like to invite you back sure we'll be in the street again okay um and um we would love to have you back linda rosenthal of new york state assembly so great seeing you again it, same here even, even the always a pleasure always a pleasure to speak with you <laughs> thank you it's good to see you both thank you linda okay right
And that was good. And that's Bark Roll Radio on West End Avenue. And we're going we're gonna to call it an evening. It's starting to get a little darker as we're uh, entering the, the fall. And the They're street is clearing, clearing up. up. After the, uh, and the, the cars there. are taking over. Yellow cabs coming down. So thank you, sweetie. That was fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.